It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Remember all those warm and fuzzy feelings of last week? Well, we already have our first no-question press conference from Steve Clifford. Yeah. Yeah. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 14th, 2019. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's two preseason games from over the weekend as the Orlando Magic fall to the Boston Celtics 100-75, as well as to the Philadelphia 76ers by a score of 126-94. to Both games very frustrating affairs for the Orlando Magic, drawing some pointed criticism from their coach as well. We'll talk a little bit about those games, what they mean, what they don't mean as well moving forward. And then we'll talk a little bit about Markel Fultz and his status and, and his progress so far for the Orlando Magic. As if there's one bright spot to the game against the Sixers, it was Markel Fultz's performance in a hashtag revenge game. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here on the Locked On Magic podcast from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Philadelphia 76ers and their reaction to the game on Sunday? Check out Locked On Sixers. Looking ahead to Thursday's game against the Miami Heat, check out our good pal David Ramil on Locked On Heat. You can find a podcast for you, no matter who your favorite or second favorite team is, no matter the league even, on the Locked On Podcast Network. And also check out Locked On NBA, as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball to get yourself set for the fantasy season, as well as a national perspective. You can find all these great podcasts, including NBA, NHL, NFL, and colleges too, wherever you download podcasts today. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. So the Orlando Magic return home to the Amway Center on Friday to take on the Boston Celtics and promptly laid an egg. A 22, uh, it was 24-2 or 22-2 very quickly into that game. Aaron Gordon was 1-14. for Nikola Vucevic didn't play with a sprained ankle. Uh, it was a game that... You want to forget, and you just kind of want to kind of push this aside and say, it's it's just preseason. It's just one game. The Magic played so well in the previous three games. There's not a lot to say about it. I would honestly say that a lot of the issues that I think we've seen from the Magic, and I think I'll go over some of these issues in an upcoming podcast this week, a lot of the issues that we've seen through those first three games just finally came to the fore. The Magic had gone through some long stretches where they weren't able to score as efficiently and as effectively, uh, and that played to, to character without Vucevic on the floor. More importantly, though, those misses turned into transition opportunities. That's really been the Magic's weakness throughout the preseason. Orlando was unable to get back. Boston was able to kind of pick apart Orlando with their passing in transition before that defense could get set. Um, from, from what I was able to gather, um, because I was able to watch snippets of the game, 
uh, it, it really felt like Orlando, once they got their defense set, uh, especially after that first quarter, and were able to settle down, they, they were able to play, not even, but, you know, play at a better rate. So, I, I kind of took Friday's game as a little bit of preseason. They finally had a bad game. You know, the shots didn't go down. So on and so forth. Nothing to worry about. Now there might be something to worry about, though. Because on Sunday, the Orlando Magic allowed almost the same thing to happen to them again against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers didn't go up 22-2 or 24-2 or anything like that. But they had a double-digit lead very quickly into the game. Orlando struggled to make shots early and just didn't seem super engaged in the game, at least, at least from what I was able to tell. They weren't able to get their shots going. And frankly, the one thing that we know about this team is that defense has to be their backbone. There's no excuse for not playing defense. Even if the shots aren't falling, even if you're shooting 35, you know, less than 20%, your half-court defense especially, but defense overall has to be what generates confidence in this team. This team's going to be driven by its defense. And certainly Sunday was the most disappointing defensive effort of the season. I'm probably going to comment a little bit more about this on tomorrow's episode, but Steve Clifford essentially sat down at his press conference, said... The way we play today is unacceptable. I don't care if it's the preseason. I don't care who's out. Terrence Ross, Evan Forney, Nikola Vucevic all sat out. So you'd expect the offense to take a little bit of a nosedive. Maybe not a nosedive, but certainly take a step back. But Clifford would say, we have enough offensive talent on this team that that shouldn't matter. And and I agree with him because there is there is more offensive talent on this team than than what they've shown. And, and, and I honestly, you know, I've been high on Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon has not done a good job kind of leading this team in the absence of those players. Again, 1 for 14, missed his first 13 shots against the Celtics on Friday. Struggled again in Sunday's game against the Sixers to get himself going. And I think everyone kind of followed suit with that. The bottom line is, Orlando did not play at the level that they will have to play at when the regular season begins. When the games actually count. And, you know, maybe some of it, frankly, is boredom. It, it's the preseason. I don't think this is a team that can afford to take those games, uh, you know, for granted. Take these opportunities for granted. That can take nights off. That can simply switch, switch a uh, flip a switch and be ready for the regular season. I don't think that's this kind of team. Uh, and 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 I think Steve Clifford knows that too. And that's why he you know made the public statements that he made about this team that they're simply that 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 what they did on Sunday wasn't good enough. Again. We'll go quickly through some final stats. I don't want to sit too too far on this because, again, it's a preseason game. It's not super important. Orlando shoots 39.1% from the floor. 8 for 32 from beyond the arc. 18 for 26 from the foul line. Those numbers are fine. 14 offensive rebounds. I mean, the shooting percentages are low, but it's fine. Orlando, 18 turnovers, a lot of them in the second half. So Orlando was was kind of really out of this game pretty early. Philadelphia shoots 52.5% from the floor. 13 for 31 from beyond the arc. Not good. They give up 37 free throws, and it's that 37 free throw number that is the issue. Mo Bamba had three fouls in the first quarter. Jonathan Isaac had two fouls in the first quarter. Markel Fultz fouled out of the game, and, and they've had some, some foul issues, but you go, through, you go down the list. Isaac finishes with four fouls. Mo Bamba didn't foul after the first quarter, so I think he picked himself up. Michael Carter-Williams, four fouls. Ken Birch, four fouls. Al Farouk Aminu, three fouls. Again, Fultz fouls out. Orlando simply did not play defense effectively. Fouling that much is simply just not playing defense, especially at the level that we know this team can play defense at. 
Um, it, it, it's 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 inexcusable, and I agree with Clifford 100% on that because the one thing that this Magic team cannot afford to have happen is these kinds of mental lapses. And, and frankly, fouling at a certain level, at a, at a level like this, at this late in the preseason, is simply a matter of focus and intensity. I get it. The Magic have been together. They kind of know what they can do. They played really well in those first three preseason games. They're antsy to get this thing started, I think. And, 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 and you know, I haven't been around the team as much since they came back from the, from the road trip. But you get, I get the sense from, from listening to these games and kind of, kind of seeing these box scores that, that you know, I have confidence that this team's going to be fine when the regular season begins. But certainly, this is not the level the Magic want to play at. This is not the kind of team the Magic want to be. And this is the kind of team they can't afford to be. They're not going to be successful if they play this way. They know that, and I think they've had a seriousness about their approach from what I've seen. They need a, they, they, they needed a wake-up call Friday. They got a, another wake-up call Sunday. And, of course, they got one preseason game before the games really start to count. And honestly, I'll say this too. I think the schedule did them no favors. They played a very packed schedule with the three road games coming coming home. They haven't had a lot of practice time. I think having you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to practice before Thursday's game will right the ship a little bit. It's been a while since they've had two consecutive days of practice. Um, I do think that will ultimately help them. So I'm not overly concerned by any of this. Um, I think that they can get back to the habits that they need to have. But again, habits are habits for a reason. And the last two games especially, and I would honestly say the Atlanta game to some extent too because the Magic didn't shoot well in that Atlanta game either and they were still able to find success and win the game. Uh, Habits, you can't let bad habits creep in. You can't let kind of bad thought processes or, or bad approaches sink in. Having said all that, yeah, Orlando is shorthanded and shorthanded in a way that they can't be shorthanded. Evan, For- uh, Evan Fournier left Friday's game early with back spasms. Nikola Vucevic didn't play in that game. That's two big offensive weapons. I know people like to, to hit on Fournier a lot, but Fournier still spreads the floor. He still has respect uh, as a three-point shooter on this team. And the Magic just simply, when you get deep down into the, de- into the depths of this bench don't have the depth that they need as far as three-point shooting. I, I mentioned this uh, as, as the Magic were struggling in the first half. You know, the, the shooting percentage didn't concern me much. I don't care that the Magic shot less than 40%. Uh, you know, I, I think that, I think, and I know that they can do better, but the fact of the matter is there's very rarely going to be a lineup this year that does not include one of Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross. And, and you could probably throw DJ Augustine in there, although, although I think DJ's role is a little bit different. Essentially, I do not foresee any moment that the Magic will be without one of their best perimeter three-point shooters on the floor at any time. And that's Fournier and Ross. Not having either of them on the floor or not having both of them on the floor and out of the lineup completely against Philadelphia, that allows the Sixers to pack the paint, to force tough jumpers, to force a stagnant offense and an offense that can't free up anyone. You know, Mo Bamba is, I think he's still going to be really good. I think he's done a lot of good things. I, I You know, I, honestly, after those three fouls, he had a really solid game, um, offensively at least. He is just not yet physically where the Magic need him to be. Um, you know, I think a, a fair criticism of him is he's, he's not great at setting screens yet, so that pick-and-roll game doesn't quite work with him. He's more pick-and-pop. Um, and, and certainly he's not physical and not physical enough to go up against Joel Embiid. Embiid housed him throughout this game. 
Um, beat him up early. I think he had eight or I know he finished with with nine free throw attempts. He had at least four or five of them in the first half or in the first quarter when Bamba got those three fouls. So I I, I think Bamba still got a long way to go, and, and this game really proved it uh, or really shows it. And really, the last few games have really shown it that Bamba that Bamba is still not ready to start. I mean, I would say I'm fine with him being the, back, the primary backup to start the season, but if Vucevic has to miss any time, I would be starting Ken Birch uh, over Bamba easily, and I think Birch can can handle that role. The bigger question is who steps in to fill fill those gaps. And it's, again, another lesson that's kind of been left here. There were some solid performances. I won't say it was a completely negative game for Orlando. Uh, I, I think that there were... You know, obviously the big overarching issues about the kind of effort and intensity and, and focus are, are all there and certainly should be harped on. But I do think that in Sunday's game, there were some positives to take. Orlando did go down 21 early on. They cut that lead back down to nine and they did it exactly the way the Magic need to do it. There were like these little spurts of energy and good play that that you want to see from this team. And, and, and they were a little scrappy. I mean, Jonathan Isaac had his block shots and his highlights. Aaron Gordon did his thing. Marco Fultz had a very good game overall. Um, 12 points, 5 for 11 shooting. We'll talk a little, 5 assists. We'll talk a little bit more about him toward the end of the show. But overall, those were just spurts. Eventually, Philadelphia would get things back under control. Orlando would go through an offensive, spe- offensive rut. They turned the ball over a lot because the, the floor was so compact and they c- couldn't shoot the ball. Uh, and then, you know, just the fouling would continue. And, and the fouling was really the big issue because, again, that is just, frankly, defensive laziness. I don't, I don't need to watch tape to know that if you're going to foul that much, you're not playing good defense. The bottom line is, the way the Magic have played the last two games is how you would expect a team to play early in the preseason. First couple games that the Magic have played like this, you're, you're upset, but you know they will get better. The fact of the matter is, the Magic played their best preseason games in the first three games really the first two, and have progressively gotten worse. And I would honestly say Sunday's game was worse than Friday's game. And that part is unacceptable. Remember what Steve Clifford always says. Uh, his goal is to make sure the team is better in December than they are today, better in January than they were in December, and so on and so forth. He said, And again, the other big thing, he said training camp is to get you ready for the preseason, preseason is to get you ready for the regular season. The Magic, you know, I would say after those first three wins, the Magic were not regular season ready. I am still not saying that. I'm certainly not saying that now. Orlando still has a lot of work to do. I'm glad they've got some time to practice to kind of straighten these things out. Hopefully get a little healthy too. That stuff matters as well. But it's it's just not, the Magic are not trending in a good direction. I have faith that they'll, they'll get back because I, I think a lot of it's just kind of attention to detail and just kind of fine-tuning some things. I don't think... They're necessarily that far off. I think, honestly, just having watched the, the game against the Hawks and the Pistons, I would say the Magic are, are kind of running their offense. They're running through other elements of their offense rather than their kind of bread and butter elements of their offense. So I, I think that has a little bit to do with some of their offensive struggles. I think they're trying to play a certain style, and I think they'll dial that back. I don't think they'll go as crazy with the fast breaks and trying to get out in transition in the regular season. So I think they're kind of trying to create a mindset more than anything else that they can dial back a little bit once the games start to count. And again, practice, I think, is really where they'll they'll put in a lot of work. So uh, practice is coming at a good time. You know, I think the schedule lightening up here this week will be a benefit to the team. Thursday, though, you got to see them, you know, look ready. 
I, I mean, or look certainly closer to ready than they did on, on Friday and Sunday. But you got to see them look a little bit more ready and look ready to, to go. Um, Orlando just not playing well right now. And, and some of it has to do with injuries. Some of it just might be it's preseason, so they kind of throw it, you know, throw it all, throw it all in when 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 things get tough early. But you know, again, Steve Clifford, someone who prides himself on having his team ready to play, they've not been ready to play the last two nights, and and that's the long and short of it. The Philadelphia 76ers defeat the Orlando Magic 126 to 94 at the Amway Center, Orlando, three and two in the preseason. They'll close their preseason on Thursday at home against the Miami Heat. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For the most part... I think that the outlook for the Orlando Magic has been fairly positive. You know, there's still some naysayers out there, and, and and you know, but generally, I think people believe that the Orlando Magic are a playoff team, and that the Orlando Magic are a team that's going to kind of potentially take that next step. There's there's general excitement and reason to believe in this Orlando Magic team, and certainly the way that the team played early on in the preseason would back that up. And no reason not to believe in the Orlando Magic at that point. No reason not to believe that they could be that team. And with the way Orlando played to start the year, it's, it was a good feeling. But what this weekend should tell you, what this weekend should tell Magic fans, it's not necessarily that this team can't achieve those dreams, can't achieve those goals. I don't think it's that. I think Orlando certainly can still be that team. I have faith Orlando is that team. and I think that they are still a very good team. But what this weekend should remind everyone is how fragile success can be. How young this group really is and how difficult this journey ahead is going to be. I remember, you know, a show, you know, I do a lot of these shows, but one show that, that I do remember very distinctly and, 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 I, and I keep trying to make this point that A, progress is rarely linear. You're, you're going to have fits and starts. But when you are a 500 team, team that's hovering in that mid to low 40s, upper to mid 30s. What turns a season is very, very small. Just look at last year. Orlando was sitting 11 games under 500. They find a spark and they sprint to the end. 22-9 and to make the playoffs. 
It's not nothing. And that's really all it took was an inspired month and a half. Month and a half of elite play was all it took to make the playoffs, essentially, as long as you treaded water. But I remember sitting on a show and saying, the journey of a 500 team, journey of a team that, you know, just sneaks into the playoffs, perhaps, is a winding road of ups and downs. It is a team, it is a season that can have sometimes wild swings of win streaks, of losing streaks, of strong stretches, of poor stretches. And it's always a careful reminder that the difference between the teams that make it and the teams that fall short is very, very slim. A lot of players were asked if it's more difficult to go from 25 wins to 42 wins or 42 wins to 50 wins. I would honestly, I, I, I think, I mean, I, I'm not a player, so I, I probably, my answer probably means nothing. But I would venture to guess it's the 42 wins to 50 wins that's a little more difficult. Because the difference between, say, 35 and 42 isn't very much. And this weekend proved a reminder of that. Every strength that we believe the Orlando Magic have is something that they have to work for. Yes, in this game on Sunday, the Magic had some incredible blocks. Jonathan Isaac deposited another uh, another account with, with Joel Embiid blocking a dunk. He, Mo Bamba, Michael Carter-Williams had a triple block on, Michael Carter, on, on Tobias Harris. The Magic's defense... Could st- is still like a dominant force. It's something that opposing offenses have to account for, which is again why it's so disappointing that they didn't have their full attention on defense in Sunday's game. And that's honestly the big disappointment because all those fouls don't happen without without a, a poor effort. All that can go away very quickly. This team is still fighting for consistency. Despite added depth, this team still has a small margin for error. Their shooting is not consistent. Yes, I know they were 11th in three-point field goal percentage last year. I think they are a better three-point shooting team than people give them credit for, but they've got to make the shots to loosen the defense. And when they don't make the shots, this Defenses do not respect their shooters yet. A lot of people seem ready to move on from a Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, DJ Augustin kind of centered offense, but Aaron Gordon struggled to kind of take that mantle in both of these games. I mentioned he shot one for 14 on Friday. On Sunday, he shot two for 12, missed all five of his three-pointers. Jonathan Isaac was not much better, four for 12, missing all four of his three-pointers. Now, shot distribution is going to be different in the regular season. Nikola Vucevic hasn't taken very many shots this preseason. Neither has Evan Fournier. They've let Gordon and Isaac go. Just take all the take all the shots you want. 
It's not how it's going to be when the games count. So again, I don't worry so much about the poor shooting. Gordon has had some deadly efficient games. And I think when Vucevic is in there and their offense is rolling, he fits perfectly and he's going to put up some big numbers. Put him on the ball, ask him to break the defense down, be the one-on-one guy. That's not his role. He's still working on his post game. He's still working on his footwork. He's just not that player, at least from what we've seen in the preseason so far. But for the Orlando Magic, all the puzzle pieces still have to fit together. They have to be placed carefully on the board and snapped into place for this team to have success. This weekend was a wake-up call to all of that. That their success is not guaranteed. Yes, we know that this is a playoff team now. Yes, so those expectations exist whether the team wants to acknowledge them or not. Yes, we know that this team can be good defensively. They should be good defensively. But that promise still has to be fulfilled, and it can only be fulfilled through their hard work and their effort and their energy. Without their best players on, without some of their best offensive players on the floor, the Magic floundered. And that's concerning. I, I don't think, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm painting this weekend with a little bit more of a positive brush, but no doubt about it, this weekend was concerning. The Magic don't have that go-to guy. The Magic can lose focus defensively and give up a ton of points. With the Magic looking to increase the pace and get out and transition more, they have to be efficient in that area or they're going to get run back on. And there, their organization and their purpose of play isn't where it needs to be. Teams are running against Orlando because they don't want to face that set defense. And the Magic have struggled to account for everyone. They've struggled to face those set defenses. It's been a struggle throughout the preseason, in fact. And so Orlando's got to fine-tune everything. But it should be clear that if that machine is not finely tuned, the whole project can collapse. It's an important lesson to learn. One, you should, one you, the Magic shouldn't have had to learn. They should have known this. But now they've learned it in the preseason. They didn't respond well to it on Friday, which, which Aaron Corden characterized as a wake-up call. Now they have to respond to it from Sunday. This thing is not guaranteed to be a success. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I will end this show, though, on a positive note. Uh, On something that I do want to talk about and do want to make sure we point out. And kind of just analyze a little bit. There's obviously a lot of attention given to Marco Fultz. He's a national curiosity. He's an extremely talented player. And, and, and while I do think that I have given too much attention to him and, and kind of you know analyzed every little move that he's made, and, and, and a lot of people have, um, that, that is what drives clicks. I do think people are interested, so you know I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was interesting and, and worth talking about. I do want to take a step back and appreciate what this kid has done. Marco Fultz had perhaps his best game of the preseason on Sunday night. I think, and I think this has been the case in every game he's been in. There is a magnetism about him. The way that he plays attracts attention in a good way. He is extremely capable of contributing to this team this year. I don't think he's some reclamation project. I think he's a role player and a contributor to this team and someone who's going to have games kind of like Sunday night. Not quite, but you know, some of some of because of minutes, but who's going to have games like Sunday night where he changes the tenor of the game and is perhaps the best player on the floor. Markel Fultz finished 12 points, 5 for 11 shooting, 5 assists, 2 steals. 2 for 3 from the foul line. Didn't take a 3-pointer, which we're okay with for now. He did everything in this game. A lot of things. He's able to pick up the pace. He's able to drive on guys off the dribble and get to the basket. He caught the Sixers napping on more than one occasion and got to the basket for, for, for layups and shots. He's getting more confident and comfortable with his jumper in game situations. He took and made his first, he made his first shot outside the paint in Sunday's game, coming around a pick and roll and pulling up for a 15-foot jumper. And it was smooth and comfortable and looked just like he did at Washington. Nothing, no wild flailing, which he's sometimes done on floaters and, and everything. But more impressively is his passing. He's been a really strong passer, and the five assists included a behind-the-head the, behind toss to Aaron Gordon for a dunk, one of his two makes on the game. Fultz has great vision. He's able to get into the lane, and really, where we're at with Markel Fultz is seeing him continue to make progress and get comfortable on the floor. Where we are at with Markel Fultz is a guy who can make an impact on the team, who can attract defenders to him, and is just still kind of getting up to speed, getting up to game speed and getting up to game comfort. Again, remember, it's been more than almost a year since he last played. Even though he's not shooting the ball great, even though he's had some high turnover games, it's hard not to be impressed with him. It's hard not to notice a positive impact he's had on the team. Yes, I would agree with this. He is shooting a bit too much. 
Not that he's settling for jumpers, but he, you know, drives himself into traps and into holes a little bit and just tries to, you know, throw it up at the rim and, and see what happens. And, and I do think that that's a problem. His jumper is still shaky. Not like confidence-wise. I think he's confident in it, but not efficient yet. And I do think, again, once the regular season comes around, we will see shot distribution kind of normalize out. But Fultz's passing is something the Magic desperately need. Fultz's driving ability is something the Magic desperately need. And he's shown already what kind of value he can have as a passer. Marco Fultz played his former team. He didn't look like number one Marco Fultz for maybe more than a few moments. But Marco Fultz played his former team and showed up and showed out. Perhaps closing a little bit of a book on that part. Seeing old friends, playing with, against old friends. But undeniably, Fultz has been impressive. Fultz has looked every bit what the Magic could have hoped for. And if he can build that confidence this year to begin building upon it for next year, the Magic will certainly be very, very happy. And we're very eager, I think, to see what Fultz does the rest of this season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play App, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.